so we can notice that there is activity uh, <laughs> while we practice and while we speak. Uh, I got a note that somebody couldn't hear me the other morning. Can you hear me? Is ever, can everyone hear me okay? Is, was that a yes? Okay, great. Thank you. Anybody not able to hear me? Well, how would they know, right? <laughs> I'm sorry? Okay. Is that better? It's, uh, would you like to come forward? Would that help you? Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I, I know my voice gets quiet, and I'm, I'm, I'll try. If, uh, if for some reason it goes back to being quiet, just raise your hand, okay? And I'll try to pay attention. So we can, um, so we can just notice that there's activity while we're working here. And um, rather than, see, than feel it as a kind of interference or as a kind of um, distraction from our practice, we can include it. Because part of, the, part of the practice, the way we work, is to embrace and include everything that's present. So instead of, so we, so we shift our relationship to experience to include it rather than to exclude it or to, um, to think of it as uh, something that's outside of our experience and that's bothering us. Ajahn Chah, who's a Thai master from the 20th century, who's a teacher of my teacher, uh, said that uh, it, we shouldn't go out to bother the noise, right? <laughs> so we let it be. So we've been practicing uh, all day with uh, ourselves, uh, sending metta to ourselves and sending metta to a benefactor. And I'd just like to uh, talk about a, a couple of small things before we practice. Uh, one is that this sending metta to ourselves can sometimes be difficult. The, the theory behind starting with ourselves and moving um, inexorably and progressively through to all beings, going through to the benefactor and the friend and the neutral person and the difficult person, and then to all beings. The theory in the, uh, in the, in the texts is that we start with ourselves because that's the easiest person to send love to. And the, the being that we address our metta to becomes progressively difficult. And yet, in, the Western, in our Western culture, sometimes people may find it difficult to start with ourselves. So um, there's a story about the Dalai Lama being asked about uh, lack of self-esteem by a group of Western teachers. And it took his translator 10 minutes to explain it to him. So, um, so it may be a cultural thing. But to just um, know that that that's what the theory is. So that if, if for some reason you feel as if it's blocked, that uh, it's, it's not possible to, or it's, or it's so difficult to send love to ourselves, you may want to start with your benefactor. And 
when the heart feels soft and, and feels more soft towards ourselves, then we can move to ourselves. So you may, you may experiment if you're having trouble with uh, sending love to yourself with, with that. There's a beautiful uh, Derek Walcott poem called Love After Love. As you may know, he's a St. Lucian poet who won the Nobel Prize for Literature a few years ago. He said, the time will come when with elation, you will greet yourself arriving at your own door in your own mirror, and each will smile at the other's welcome and say, sit here, eat. You will love again the stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, to the stranger who has loved you all your life, whom you ignored for another, who knows you by heart. Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes. Peel your own image from the mirror. Sit. Feast on your life. And similarly, uh, the Buddha said you can search the whole universe and not find a single being more worthy of love than yourself. Since each and every person is so precious to themselves, let the self-respecting harm no other being. So it's your tender heart that has the power to transform the world. And so you can work towards giving love uh, to yourself, even if it seems difficult. So we'll continue this afternoon to, um, to give uh, loving kindness, to, to send loving kindness to ourselves and then to our benefactor. But of course, if, uh, if, you, if you want to work with the benefactor first, uh, fees, please feel free to do so. And as Sharon mentioned this morning, you may notice that we all use slightly different phrases. So it's a, it's a small suggestion in the mind and in the heart for you to, um, to see what works for you. So the, uh, the instruction is to sit comfortably. Find a way that your body is dignified, yet relaxed. Notice your breathing, not manipulating it, not wishing it to be another way. Just notice 
the gentle breath in the body. And you can recite the phrases directed to your own uh, well-being without loving yourself. Of course, it's almost impossible to love others. And you can picture yourself either as you are right now or as a the felt sense of who you are sitting here in this body. Or you can choose to imagine yourself as a small, beloved child. And whatever image you choose for yourself, allow it to come into your heart. And perhaps it's been a difficult life. We've discovered that life on Earth is not that easy. So we can know that and allow the heart to tenderly receive that knowing. And allow whatever arises in the mind and the heart during this period to be embraced, whether it's grief or anger, sometimes loving kindness practice brings up the very opposite of loving kindness itself. And that can also be received and held in a heart of kindness, even the heart of rage or uh, anger can be held in, a, in an attitude, in a spirit of kindness so that we're not hating the hate or being angry at the anger, but allowing it to be there in a gentle and kind way of the heart. And sometimes it may even feel awkward or mechanical to recite the phrases. And that's okay too. Just allowing what is here with awareness and with kindness. So we recite the phrases as we uh, hold in our hearts this image of ourselves however we have chosen to do so. May I be safe 
from inner and outer harm. May I be happy and peaceful. May I be healthy of body and mind. And may I live with ease, or may I be at ease. May I be safe from all harm and danger, or from inner and outer harm. May I be happy and peaceful. May I be healthy of body and mind. And may I live with ease. And you can say the phrases at your own pace, whatever is pleasing to your heart. You can adjust the words and the images just as you wish. Just whatever helps you to open your heart. And repeating them over and over, letting the phrases permeate your body your mind, and your heart.
And either you can stay with yourself, or if you've been doing the benefactor, stay with the benefactor, or you can move on to the benefactor. If you've been doing the benefactor and would like to move on, you can move on to yourself. Again, allowing an image of this being who has been kind to you, has been good to you, has loved you unconditionally, or who inspires you, brings out the best in you. Allow an image of this being to arrive in your heart. It might even be helpful to remember some of the ways in which this being has helped you or loved you or inspired you and to feel some gratitude for that. whatever is helpful in allowing the heart of kindness to open. And you can send the wishes of loving kindness, the wishes for this being's well-being. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy of body and mind. And may you live with ease. allowing the image of this being to be as clear as, as it can be in your heart. As you send the wishes.
allow the well-wishing to be like a blessing to this being. And when you're ready, you can expand and open your heart of kindness, your well-wishing to all beings in this room, and perhaps include those beings above us, especially with wishes for their safety. May we all be safe and protected from inner and outer harm. May each and every one of us be happy and peaceful. May we all be healthy of body and mind. May each and every one of us live with ease. And sometimes it may even help to just place your hand on your heart in order to feel a connection between the wishes and the heart of kindness, holding yourself in that place of kindness. And including all those to whom you send these wishes. in that heart.
So we have a little time for questions. Yes, please. So she wanted to um, she wanted me to say a little bit more about uh, the opposite states of from metta arising when we do the practice. She had she sustained some trauma in September and thought that she was over it, but she notices that when she's doing the practice that um, anger is coming up. So that's something that does happen. Uh, we may, you know, because we can't force particular states of mind or heart to arrive, but we can cultivate them. We can, we can cultivate a space, an open space, in which they do arrive and allow their arising. But there may be um, work that needs to be done uh, also in conjunction with the practice and with the cultivation of the heart. So if, if what's happening is that uh, these states of fear or anger are arising while you're doing the practice, you may want to make sure that the relationship that you're having to that is not a, not a state of hatred for the hatred or, hatred for the f- or, or fear of the fear or hatred of the fear because that obviously compounds it. But to meet those experiences in the same way that we meet all of our experiences when we're doing this metta practice so that we're meeting it with a heart of kindness. So if there is anger, you may want to notice that the anger is arising. Notice the place in the body that it's felt most deeply because usually these states of emotion are manifesting in the body, and that's how we know they've arrived. So to really to go there, to go into that place and actually use your mindfulness practice to see what's happening and to, to send kindness to that place in the body. And you don't have to dwell on it 24-7. So if, if you're having those kinds of things coming up, you may want to also move to, a, move to um, a place in the body or a state of heart that is kind, so, or a place in the body that doesn't feel that agitation or that hatred or that anger or that rage. In the beginning, it may feel as if it just fills your entire body. But if you look carefully, what you'll find is it doesn't that there are places in the body, it may be the hands, tingling in the hands, or the feet, or the belly, or the heart, or the right ear, or the left eye, or the big toe on the right foot. It may be somewhere in the body that it feels safe, and that it feels um, warm. There's warmth and safety. And you may want to um, put your attention in that place, just to gather some strength 
so that you can welcome these other states that are arising. And usually when anger or fear arises, we, f we are defined by it. We think, this is me, I'm angry, right? So what we want to do is shift our relationship to it so that we're not taking on the identity of anger, but we're actually meeting it with some interest. So what does anger feel like in the body? And what's the emotion of anger? How does that, how does that manifest? And is there a story? And perhaps there is grief that needs to be expressed. And that's okay too. So that we are allowing things to be to, to, to come up and to be um, embraced rather than to be pushed away, pushed down, avoided, repressed, denied. We're allowing a large enough space with our metta and our awareness practice, we're allowing enough space for all of these states to come. But we're not allowing them to, re we're not drowning in them or sinking into them because we're taking them on as an identity or getting defined by them, but just being able to see them as they are. How is, it, how is it manifesting? How do I even know that anger is here? Right? There's something that's going on that makes me say, I'm angry. Right? And it's usually a combination of thoughts, emotions, and physical sensations. And can you, can you stay steady enough in your practice to actually uh, meet it with that kind of interest and that kind of understanding that kind of kindness. Yes, please. So the, the, so the problem is that the, um, you have a, a, an embarrassment of riches, right? <laughs> that there are more benefactors than you can count, right? Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. And um, so there's, there's that issue of jumping from benefactor to benefactor and how, can you, and how can you work with that and that you've had the opposite problem of what I talked about with the um, with this, the self, the, you know, addressing it to oneself. You've been working a lot with yourself. That's great. And with the benefactor, um, what I do, I have more than one benefactor that I do meta to, and, but I'll use one in, in, in a sitting. I'll decide, this is your day, or this is your sitting, right? And I will devote my entire attention, my, my whole... I gather all of my attention and all of my kindness and all of my well-wishing, and I direct it to this one being. And then, um, you know, maybe tomorrow somebody else will be the um, uh, the beneficiary of of being a benefactor. So, Benny, the the root of good, right? So, um, so you might want to try that because the meta practice is a a concentration practice as well as a cultivation of the heart. 
So the, the gathering and the, and the direction of the practice uh, to, to that one being and those four phrases over and over and over again is the same kind of repetition as when we go into the, when we, when we use the breath as the object that, and we repeat, we go back over and over and over again. It's the same kind of repetition that we're, we keep moving to that one place. We're gathering our attention, collecting it, and putting it there. And so it, it, it uh, has the, um, the happy uh, effect of calming the heart as well as focusing the mind. Yes, please. So the question is, uh, what would a tender heart feel like? Because she feels as if her heart has been so wounded that it's in a cage, so she doesn't know what a tender heart would feel like. So a tender heart is one that's vulnerable. And it may be that your heart is not yet ready to be vulnerable. And that's okay. So can you direct your kindness to this heart that is armored and that feels that it needs protection? And perhaps for the time being it does. So that we're not trying to open, I think there's a poem that ends by saying, a flower cannot be opened with a hammer, right? So we're not trying to open the flower of our hearts with a hammer. We're really directing kindness to it. And we're patient. And we are tender in relation to our hearts. So that we're not trying to make something happen and we're not trying to make it feel a particular way. But we're allowing a space in which there is an opportunity for our hearts to be tenderized. And perhaps it will take years. And perhaps it will take minutes. We don't know. But we know that we can do the work as we go along. We can just keep doing the work. We can keep doing the work. We can keep doing the work. And if we're making just a little bit of progress in, in each moment, that's enough. So we're not trying to make, you know, trying to pry it open or make it lose its armor if it thinks, if it believes that it needs its armor. Then can you be tender towards the heart that needs to be armored? Can you feel what it feels like for the heart to feel it needs armoring? Just allow that to be there without condemning it or judging it or thinking it should be some other way. Just allow it. Allow it to protect itself. And perhaps over a long period of time, and that's okay. That armor will, by itself, fall away. But right now, how is it? How does it feel? How does it feel to be protected? Sorry? It doesn't feel. Hmm. So you can still keep doing the practice and see what happens and, and perhaps allow your attention 
to just be on the body. See what, see what sensations come in the body. And allow that. Thank you. So, um, just one other thing. Uh, I, I'm sorry, there's no more time for more questions. But one other thing, um, when you do walking practice, it's possible to continue to do the metta practice during your walking practice. And you can do it through um, by uh, using a phrase with every step, right? So, you're, so or with or with every movement. So, lifting, may I be uh, safe and protected from harm. Moving, may I be happy. Placing, may I be healthy and strong. And lifting, etc. So. You can do it that way, or with one with each lifting, moving, and placing, may I be safe from harm. <coughs> lifting, moving, placing, may I be happy and peaceful. Lifting, moving, placing, may I be healthy. Or and you don't even have to do the notes of the placing. Just with each step, you can have you can send a wish with each step, and you can do it for yourself or for the benefactor. And try not to make it too complicated because you'll get lost. So try to make it as simple as you, as you can. Perhaps in the walking periods, you could do just yourself. And then when you sit, you could do the benefactor. Or, if you, or you could do the first half of the walking for yourself and then the second half of the uh, walking for your benefactor and for all beings who are here. So that, um, so that your practice is continuous and uh, not broken by uh, you know, moving, through the, moving through the day. And as you, as you sit and eat, um, really have loving thoughts about the food that is nurturing the body. So that your, your metta practice is not only content, in other words, the wishes that you're sending, but it's also process. How you're, how you're being in, in moment to moment to moment is in, um, in alignment with the wishes that you're sending so that there is kindness towards everything that you're doing, whether you're uh, sitting in, in practice, whether you're walking in practice, whether you're moving from sitting to your, to your walking period, walking room, or you're eating, or you're lying down, whatever posture you're in, your practice continues throughout the day. Okay? So enjoy your walking. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.